Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, these days it's cool to talk about the three true outcomes in baseball. Sadly, this year, one true outcome for the Red Sox is that when their ace is on the mound, they usually lose. And afterwards, said ace stands in front of the media and berates himself for being embarrassing or ineffective or several other descriptive words. Boston really needed a different outcome Thursday afternoon, and this in the words of the Nappy Roots, this is going to be a good day. Top of the batting order, hotter than the sun. Bullpen, great work, and sail back to being himself. No Nappy Roots music, just this from our friend Clyde Lawrence. It tells you that now is time for Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Speaking of music, if you listen real close during the rest of this podcast, you may hear faintly in the background, uh, well, right now it's Paul Simon. I believe this is late in the evening, if I remember my Paul Simon correctly. But uh, I just landed at Dulles, getting ready to fight traffic and head up to Baltimore. Yes, I'm back on the broadcast for a week now, starting on Friday. Sorry about that, everybody. But uh, anyway, my apologies for the, the background noise that may be picked up here. You don't always get to choose where you do a podcast. But here's what I was thinking about on the plane ride coming in, other than please stop hitting me with that cart, ma'am. Back on June 11th, the Sox were plodding along at 500, and since then they've gone 19 and 10, which sounds great, but they donated a couple games at Fenway to the Blue Jays right before the All-Star break, and one of the White Sox, all three of those on bullpen meltdowns. If you win those three games, you're actually 22 and 7 in that time, and you're in second place in the AL East, you're in possession of a wild card spot. So on a day where you're thinking, please, let's just make this one easy. Please let Chris Sale look like Chris Sale again. Please don't let the bullpen catch on fire. This was a great day at Fenway, a 5 nothing whitewash of Toronto. Yes. So we note that last year when the Sox scored fewer than five runs, they were still a 500 team, only team in baseball who could say that. This year, when they don't get five runs, they're 10-37. and 37. Only three teams are worse than that. So it's a case of the pitchers not helping out the hitters, plain and simple. Both sides helped the other out on this glorious Thursday afternoon. We'll get to the Chris Sale pitching performance in just a minute. But it was fun to look at the, the day game after night game lineup and think to yourself, man, even with no Pedroia, no Nunez, no Pierce, no Moreland, a day off for J.D. Martinez, you just know this team is going to score a bunch of runs. There is no top third of any batting order in baseball right now more in sync than Betts, Devers, Bogarts. Notably, there was no J.D. Martinez, uh, three for 26 since the All-Star break, although hitting in some real tough luck, which has been a a J.D. Martinez staple all year. StatCast tracks batting averages on balls that are expected to be hits when they leave the bat. And of 189 qualified players, J.D. is 185th. 
Mookie, by the way, is 184th. So uh, two guys on the precipice of free agency coming up pretty soon. What a killer time to have full seasons of rough luck. But with Mookie, he's getting on base at a personal best kind of clip. Leads the league in runs scored by a dozen. This is a really good season. It's not an MVP kind of season. But when you score at least one run in 23 of 25 games, no one has any right to shoot you down. So this was a pitching matchup seemingly way in favor of the Red Sox. Perennial Cy Young contender Chris Sale against Cranston, Rhode Island's very own Thomas Pannone. Rhymes with unknown. Sale, as you may be aware, rhymes with fail. And there's been a lot of that this year with the, uh, the drinking straw-shaped left-hander. Quite famously, he had only three wins in his 19 starts, this despite some heavy-duty strikeout games, including a 14 and a 17. He didn't win either of those games. But of late, you were concerned. Sale getting hit at a 322 clip, allowing an OPS of nearly 1,000 in his past four starts. So everyone was ready for last year's version of Chris Sale, or 2017, or 2016, or 15, or 14 Chris Sale, just to get out of an Uber Thursday and show me 10 strikeouts. Well, he did that through four and a third innings, and really without a good fastball. He was sitting 91-92, not 96-97. He struck out the side to start the game, so that was a nice statement, kind of a blaring of trumpets that announced, low, the king approaches. And from there, it was two strikeouts in the second and third and fourth. He had three more in the fifth, so it was 12 through five innings. Pitch counted 80, so no Roger Clemens run towards 20. But still, without the good fastball against a team averaging better than six runs a game against the Sox this year, fan-freaking-tastic from Sale. He ended up throwing 101 pitches, six innings, two hits, no runs, the 12 strikeouts, his first home win since last July 11th. Slider was on, so he didn't need the 96 or 97. Uh, I just think it was overall Here is command. Chris Sale. Um, I had a lot better feel for my changeup today. That's something that um, I really haven't had all year. I think you know I was able to actually use my changeup as an out pitch instead of more of just a show pitch. Uh, obviously, this game's a little bit uh, not easier, but easier if you if you have more pitches that you can you can throw at them um, you think you had all three pitches going today yeah and i think i think that's the key you know I, the, throughout the most of the year it's just been um you know fastball slider and my fastball command hasn't been there um so today was was big for me on on a command standpoint and also you know being able to throw my throw my change up you know not only you know at, at you know, late in the count, or I was able to throw it late in the count and uh, use it as an out pitch. Fastball was mostly 92, I think, until you reach back for like a 96 in the fifth inning. Is that a conscious decision to trade velocity for command early on? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's where I've been getting most of my problems is, um, you know, and I'm trying to overthrow it, it, it flattens out and it obviously leaks back over the plate, so... Um, yeah, I think I think overall in this game you, you you start to realize that it's it's more you know commanding the pitches and and you know working different tunnels of the strike zone and uh, yeah, I was able to do that today. How do you think Devlin has improved since he's been here? Uh, he's really taken off. I mean, he's he's one of the best hitters in the game right now. I think um, you know, and it's it's amazing to see too because it's. You know, it's right-handed, you know, left-handed power guys, um, you know, off-speed pitches. I mean, he's he's done it all. And then, you know, I, I think a lot of people are getting caught up in his uh, in his offense. I think if you take a look at his defense too, he's been he's been unbelievable over there. I mean, he's made some plays that 
you know, you know, saving games, key key plays in the game, and uh, you know, he he blew it open for us today, and um, you know, obviously glad he's man in our post. Given how things were going for you this year, you know, how were you approaching the de- how were, how determined were you approaching this fourth start against this Toronto lineup? Yeah, I mean, that was it's, it's good to have one against a team like this. You know, that I've basically been throwing primetime batting practice to them, so. Um, you know, to, to be able to do it against a team that you know has really had my number. You know, every every time I've I've pitched against them, uh, you know, step in the right direction. I think, um, you know, coming into this one, I you know, obviously we all know how how it's been in the past, and you want to you want to change that. And obviously, I haven't really pitched well here at Fenway either. So, um, you know, there are a lot of things going into this, but you know, throughout this past week, I was able to you know talk to some people and, and do some things and. Um, you know, figure out what I need to do, you know, within the strike zone and, and commanding the pitches that I need to command and, and being able to throw, you know, all my pitches at any given time instead of, you know, just kind of picking and choosing when to, when to do it. First Fenway home win for you, as you kind of mentioned, here it is in July. I feel long overdue. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I've got nobody else to blame but myself. But, um, you know, obviously glad to get this one out of the way, and now we now we can just uh, you know focus on what's ahead and, and, and hopefully keep the ball rolling. And um, you know, hey, happy flight. Get on the, get on the plane and go down to Baltimore and start off on the right foot down there. Well, there was no scoring in this game at all until the bottom of the fifth. And by the way, if you listen close, I believe this is Baby Comeback now that is playing on the uh, the intercom. But uh, it was Sam Travis doubling to the left field corner. Sandy Leon slammed the changeup for an RBI single in the left center. So it's the bottom of the order getting it done, thanks to the Chris Sale battery maiden personal catcher, Senor Leon. Then with a couple on, it was who else? It was Devers, who the Blue Jays, I'm sure, have had just about enough of. Toronto probably drove him to the airport to get him away from their ball club. Three-run home run to center against the Rhode Islander, Panone. So in 16 starts against the Blue Jays this year, uh, no, you know what? Check that. It's only 15 starts for Devers, technically. Eight home runs, 28 runs batted in against Toronto. No Red Sox had ever had 25 RBIs against the Blue Jays in one season. Devers is at 28, and there are still three games to go against this outfit. For the season now, it's 19-73. And simply stated, Devers is one of the best hitters in baseball right now. Since May 1st, you've got Mike Trout and Xander Bogarts as the only AL hitters with a higher OPS. And the power just seems effortless right now. It's like a flick of the wrist and he's sending missiles from line to line. Guy went without a home run over his first 32 games. He has now proceeded to crank out 19 in his next 63. His biggest issue, I think, had always been pitch selection, just chasing stuff. But now opposing pitchers say, you throw something that he chases, he's not going to do that again. He's learning. He's, uh, you know, he was a guy that just trusted his hands last year thought he could get really to any pitch because that's what he's always done coming up through the minors but a 298 on base percentage last year showed him that's probably not a great strategy pitchers make adjustments quickly up here endeavors is not as, as consumed with video as say jd martinez is but he does pay attention to scouting reports now and how to use them remember devers batted ninth in the order on april 23rd ninth his ops was 690 that day it is close to 990 right now so Devers with the home run to make it a four-run fifth and that was plenty the final would be five nothing when Mookie Betts hit his first home run of the entire month run scored in a dozen straight games is not something we have seen since Nomar Garcia Parra in the late 90s 
and he's got a pace now towards 146 runs scored. Only Ted Williams has ever scored more than 140 in a season for Boston. Bogarts had his sixth consecutive multi-hit game. I'm telling you, the top of the order right now has been insane. It's Bogarts instead of Benintendi up there, but okay. You keep firing away this effectively with your upper third. You get some bonus now and again from your bottom third, like with Travis and Leon on Thursday. It's all going to work out fine. After the game, a little bit of Alex Cora for your fine, fine self. <clears throat> Made some adjustments through the, throughout the week and went out there and, and executed. Uh, they had a good game plan coming out. Uh, as you guys know, that's a team that throughout the season, they've been very tough <clears throat> against him. And, uh, and he was he was great tonight. What adjustments did he make? Um, that's that's Dana and Chris and Sandy and Chris and, and all the pitching department. It's just uh, so like he had command of his pitches, all of them. The slider was a lot better today. Uh, change up uh, play uh, today, and then the fastball command uh, was there. It's one of those that you know, he started from the get go. You can see there there was a difference on their swings, um, and um, you know he kept rolling. Uh, made a good pitch on Galvis with men with men on. Uh, you saw the fastball 96, I think it was, 97 there. So, um, you know, maintain his stuff uh, throughout, the, throughout the game. And uh, actually, you know, it's like he, he commanded. He commanded pretty good. How about the Red Hot Devils? Um, <laughs> good, good swing right there, uh, hunting fastballs. Early in the count. That's a good thing about him. It's not like when when he's staying in the zone. He's not chasing pitches. Well, he did in the first at bat, uh, striking out on the slider, I think it was. Uh, but there, you know, got a pitch fastball middle middle and was able to to stay through it. Um, lefties, righties, it doesn't matter. He's he's been able to slow down the game um, in both ends. But at the plate, you know, there's a lot of confidence. You know, it feels like whenever he's at the plate. You feel like something great is going to happen, and and that was a big swing for us tonight. Today, uh, with Betts, you've talked about where you you see the offense being over the last few weeks. How important is he as a as a catalyst to the offense, especially when you're seeing him take some of the swings he is from the first inning on? I mean, we we know how important he is. You know, he was the MVP last year, and uh, he him you know one of the guys that carry the offense and. Uh, uh, We've been saying all along, he's been disciplined throughout the season, and that's the most important thing, uh, just kind of like fighting his swing. Um, the early part, I um, found it a little bit, then, you know, fight it again. But today he crushed, and that ball he to right center, he crushed that ball. And any other game, it's a home run any other day. And the line drive of the middle, obviously a home run left center. Um, the walk was huge. Um, before Rafi got the home run, so he's in a good spot. Uh, he's in a good spot with his swing, um, and um, you know we never doubted him controlling the zone. We always talk about that, but now that there's his swing is where he wants wants it. Uh, you know he he becomes that dangerous. Uh, Nate obviously looked really good today. Is the plan to activate him tomorrow? Uh, not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. We'll see how he he bounces back. Um, he's, he's actually flying with us to, to Baltimore, see how he feels tomorrow, and then we'll make a decision. What are you looking for with Darwinson right now? He's 
in, in that spot? Are you trying to evaluate here and see if he can be more than just kind of an extra guy down there? <laughs> we just, you know, felt like the matches were good and we needed to close it out there. Uh, and um, you know, he's getting used to it, uh, to the bullpen thing. You saw the way he fell behind and attacked <clears throat> the hitters and attacked Guriel. Uh, I mean, Richard first. He fell behind and was able to use that fastball. And same thing with Guriel. Good sliders to smoke. So he's getting used to it. And he's very he's, he's very important. Everybody is. Uh, you saw Walden today. You know, those two innings were huge for us. And you know, um, I think everything starts, like I've been saying, the first six, seven innings for us. Uh, we, we do that, and everything will fall into place. Obviously, you guys have struggled offensively with, with Chris on the mound through much of the year. Like, when the fifth inning is unfolding, was there a sense of kind of, like, finally? <laughs> I mean, he was throwing the ball well. We were watching the pitch count, so uh, um, it was good to see Sam getting on, right, you know, gone, uh, getting on, and Sandy put a good at bat, got the RBI, then Mookie. You know, it's, it's great, you know. Um, it's just, you, you can actually, there's margin for error uh, when, when you add on or, or you, you get that big swing and uh, uh, it's good to see him win a game here or whatever that means uh, but the way he did it is is the most most gratifying thing you know he, he worked hard during the week and, and we talk a lot and uh, he was able to execute well, once again, five to nothing, Red Sox to final, and now the road trip begins. Tampa Bay waits, but first, crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does, and, and also baseball at beautiful Camden Yards. The first of the retro masterpiece ballparks, and still one of the best there is. One thing I've always liked about games at Camden Yards, it is the, the most likely ballpark to see a home run robbery. Fences are at six feet and left, they're at eight feet in center. We saw a Jackie Bradley Jr. Spider-Man catch to save a game at this place back in May. Now, the Orioles have actually gone 7-7 seven and seven, their last 14 games, kind of ruining the tanking strategy. Oh, wait a minute. There's a, there's a page here at the airport. Hold on. Hold tight. Let's listen. Anybody in from Seattle? Yeah, yeah. Oh, your luggage isn't going anywhere. Come on. Let's not pretend. Uh, all right, so talking about Baltimore, a, a 500 record the last two and a half weeks, it would be nice if they got back to playing 250 like they're supposed to be doing. The, uh, the 02 and 03 Tigers went 55 and 106, then 43 and 119. And then in 2006, they were in the World Series. The Astros in 2012 and 13 won 55 games a couple times. And then obviously they were quickly in the playoffs and in 2017 won the World Series. So don't give up, Orioles fans. It's coming. But this franchise is struggling big time. The pitching, which is usually legendary, not so legendary. I mean, this is the franchise that had the four 20-game winners back in 1971. McNally, Dobson, Cuellar, and Palmer. Palmer, 19-year major league career, spent entirely in Baltimore. World Series shutout at age 20. Now one of their fine television announcers with the great Gary Thorne. And after that run, they had the late Mike Flanagan. They had the curveballing Steve Stone. You sprint ahead 15 years after that. They had a, a guy going into the Hall of Fame this weekend, Mike Mussina. Obviously remembered more as a Yankee than as an Oriole by, by Red Sox fans, but he was an Oriole for a while out of Stanford. Our buddy Kevin Millar, never impressed by Moose. Millar, a career 400 hitter against Mike Mussina. Just wanted to, to work that nugget in there from out of nowhere. You're, you're welcome. This year's Oriole pitchers, well, they do have John Means, who will go Friday against fellow lefty David Price. Price, a number one overall pick, means 
quite a different route. 11th round pick was a skinny, no-name junior college kid from the state of Kansas. And of all the players at the All-Star Game in Cleveland, this guy was by far the most unlikely. 26-year-old rookie had never been to a minor league All-Star Game. He had barely made the Orioles' worst team in baseball out of spring training. He ended up as the first Oriole rookie in the All-Star Game since 1966. And, and this is a guy who literally was making himself a LinkedIn page in the offseason, looking for work as a teacher, just ready to hang things up. But uh, lo and behold, you got the smash mouth. It's in, hey, now you're, you're a you-know-what. So you can take down your LinkedIn profile, go match up against Price Friday night. Means is a guy they will use to build with, but everybody else... Uh, let's say you figure they're going to be active at the trade deadline next week. Whatever they can get for whoever they have sounds like a pretty decent idea. And you know what's weird? The, the Orioles have never made a trade with the Nationals. I guess there's too much bad blood and proximity and whatever else. But, man, the Nats are this close to doing something, and the Orioles are trying to get rid of whatever they have. You'd think the cooler heads might prevail in the next few days, but we shall see. Hey, be quiet. Thank you. Uh, oh, Plan number one, my butt. Uh, where was I? Oh, so you'd think one of these years an Orioles top prospect would really get to uh, full bloom. Baseball America's Orioles top prospects this decade. Let's see. You got uh, 2018 was Austin Hayes. It was Chance Cisco before that, the catcher, Dylan Bundy for several years before that. You'd have to go back to Manny Machado, an easy choice in 2011 to, uh, to find a time their supposed big gun was actually loaded up with ammunition. So uh, it's an interesting time to get the Orioles here. And we mentioned Friday night, it's going to be Means with a 2.94 ERA against Dennis Eckersley, hater David Price. Price 7-2, and 3.16 ERA. Certainly not a bad season at all. Saturday, it's going to be a couple righties, the struggling Rick Porcello against Tom Eshelman. Sunday is Andrew Kashner's grand return to Camden Yards against the guy who replaced him in the Baltimore rotation, the impossible to spell Asher Wojciechowski. By the way, Nate Evaldi should be good to go this weekend. This bullpen experiment, long rumored, should finally get underway. He threw 19 pitches. They were all supposedly very good pitches at Pawtucket on Thursday morning. Okay, next podcast, Sunday into Monday, to recap the Baltimore series. I know we call it Sox Daily, but by that we mean weekdays. New podcasts every Monday through Friday morning. So this right here is your Friday morning podcast, and we hope you've enjoyed it from Dulles Airport. This is Josh Lewin reminding you to, um, I don't know, have your pet spayed or neutered. And don't throw stones at glass houses. And uh, for whatever you don't send pictures of your private parts to strangers. I know Bob Barker never said that on Price is Right, but he probably should have. This has been a public service announcement. I'm Josh Lewin. Go Sox. See ya. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.